What is up, everybody, and welcome back to Never Made Varsity. It's been a couple weeks, but we are back. My name is Colby. You can find me on Twitter at Colby Complains. What's up, everybody? My name is Dave Rivera. You can find me on Twitter at DRivera1222. It's your boy, the Ginge Maverick. You can find me on social media at Heartbreak underscore underscore kid. I had to do the pause because Aaron's not here. <laughs> and you know, you said a goodbye week, and I think we technically, I think if, if, if anybody could win a bye week, I think Carolina just won the bye week. I think we did win the bye week. Yeah, it was a good bye week. Also, by the way, I know I am private on Twitter now. If y'all notice, I hopefully is not long, just for a little bit. Battening down the hatches for Batten. a small amount of time. Batting down the hatches. It's been a weird amount of time without talking to y'all. And I know, yeah. Here. I was yeah, just on somebody. Different football games. We've had this off week. A couple away games coming up too. So usually it was the football games that at least put us in person. Glad to be back on the pod itself. Yes, it's great. I'm happy to be back. And to talk about, you know, it's it's weird because after last year, both of my my sports teams, football-wise, made me very sad. And now it's like, I don't know how to act now because they're both doing <laughs> decent. And I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> let's do this. So well, let's do this. Yeah, let's talk about UNC first. Yeah, uh, let's talk about last week. We'll say all the things we didn't get to say last week. The Heels went down to Atlanta and beat Georgia Tech for the second time since uh, the 90s. The the year Matt Brown left, since 1997. The the Heels went 38-22. to Uh, The score does not reflect how dominant Carolina was in this game, I would say. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, there was some crazy stat that we had like 35 first downs and like a crazy amount of um, offensive yards. And it just they just made a late push at the end that made it. I wouldn't even say competitive. It just was a late push. Stat padding. Against our second or not entirely second team, but we took a lot of starters out towards the end of the game. Which we hadn't gotten to do this year, so yeah, I know, it's right? nice for to get some of the younger guys who hadn't gotten a chance to see the field um, to get in there. Mav, what did you think? Ultimately, a really great win. It, again, it, I think it eased a lot of tensions because this was a really big game going in, going into this bye week now, where we were originally sitting at two and three, wanting to finish at five hundred going into the bye week so that we can get healthy and go into the second season. We'll talk about that in a second, where. Now we're really poised to sort of control our destiny in a lot of ways. But I would say probably one of the big things that I just remember from the game is the drop balls. Uh, there was Ooh. at least four or five long balls that were like at least 30 between 30 and 50 yard passes that we were wide open for and just missed them. Like at least three of those would have been for touchdowns had they been caught. Okay. Yeah, or they would have not been touched at all. Um, and so that was just a very frustrating thing where, again, the score doesn't reflect it where I think it. It could have easily been anywhere from 7 to 21 points higher than what what it already was. Agreed. Like David was saying, Carolina had 34 first downs. Georgia Tech had 14. 587 total yards to Georgia Tech's 321. It was a – and we held time of possession, which is something you would not be able to do against Georgia Tech teams of old. But um, they are really – 
struggling uh, in this first year, which is to be expected with them moving from a triple option based attack to more of a spread, more modern offense. They are going to struggle this year and probably struggle again yesterday. But honestly, if I'm a Georgia Tech fan, it could be a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, and I think Aaron Crawford had a, a soundbite that said, I was just happy that I played Georgia Tech and didn't get chop blocked. That's a mood. It is a sure. mood. My knees would be he's like my knees <laughs> is like my knees would be a lot more sore usually after playing Georgia Tech. Play the cut. Gotta play the cut. That's what it is, cut blocks, not chop blocks. Although but the heels went thir- I don't know the difference yeah, between, I don't know the difference between the two if I'm being honest. Uh one's a penalty, one's not. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking cuz like wouldn't uh, Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but the heels win 38 to 22 and go into the off week where some things broke in Carolina's favor and like we were saying before the podcast Carolina kind of won the bye week as far as ACC football goes. Mhm. Yeah. So Miami lost to, or Miami they, beat Virginia. Yeah, they beat Virginia, ranked, what was it, number 20? 20th. 20, mm-hmm. yeah. Which really, really helps Carolina, which, because we are now tied for tied with Virginia, or are we like half a game back because they played more? I'm not sure. No, I think we're tied with them. So we're tied with Virginia in the AC, in the Coastal, which means we beat Virginia. We are clear cut if we handle our business up until Virginia, and we beat Virginia. We are clear cut front runners to go get get a rematch with Clemson in the ACC championship game. And I don't think you can ask for a better sort of set of circumstances with that. Again, how the season started, and so we're just wondering what this team can ultimately do now. Again, now they're in a spot where. If they do their business, as you said, and control what they can control, they have a very strong chance of getting a rematch against Clemson. But I think even just bigger picture, just ending on such a higher note than what the past couple of seasons have been on. So, mm-hmm. and I mean, another thing too uh, that doesn't really affect this was South Carolina, who we beat in the first week, defeated Georgia. So that makes that victory look all the more better as well. So, yeah, it gives that much more props and more rep for the team overall getting those. So it helps again, our strength. We, we control our destiny. Yeah. That, no, we've had one of the hardest schedules and to come up three and three. I mean, we should be pretty excited at this point. And then it helps now to know that despite those difficult situations, we're still in it and we're pretty, we're in the, among the front runners. Now I wish we would have, if we could just be app. Like I would have been, I would be so much happier right now at this point. Even in, like with the loss to Clemson, like the way we fought against Clemson, even I could even take the loss to Wake. If we had just beaten App, I would be a lot happier right now. Now we look at the teams that we've lost to. Now they between those three teams, they share one loss between them. So it's not like Carolina was losing to Scrubs, even though Wake Forest did not look good this week. Uh, Louisville was able to kind of have their way with Wake Forest. They jumped on them early and just did not let them, or I mean, I'm not going to say they didn't let them get anything going because they scored over 50 points, but they were able to take control of that game early and never really let go. But Carolina hasn't looked bad. Like Carolina hasn't looked bad, which is a change 
from years past, and I will take that. Mm-hmm. 100% agree. We look more competent than we have in the past, and that's so much better than I could have asked for, considering what we've been through. So if we go back to looking nationally at what's been, what happened this week, there were a couple upsets, like we said, um, Wake Forest losing, Virginia losing, Georgia losing, even though as the shutdown full cast, which is my new favorite football podcast, said uh, Georgia has a habit of playing with its food. And this week, South Carolina was able to take advantage of that. And I think we're figuring out that this South Carolina team actually wasn't that bad. And I mean, credit to us because we played them full strength. They were getting injuries mm-hmm. all throughout that game, not to mention the fact they were in Georgia, in Sanford Stadium. Yeah, and 100%. They were able to pull, yeah, they were able to pull off that win. So let's talk about uh, – David, you mentioned you wanted to see what we thought our top – what we would say our top four teams are, right? Yeah. So uh, I brought this up just because – I, I'm seeing a lot of people give talk about um, Oklahoma and Wisconsin now that Georgia has lost. And I think the top four should really be, and I guess no particular order yet because I'm still kind of ironing that out. I mean, Alabama's got to be up there, right? Clemson still has to be up there because they haven't technically lost, but their schedule is still not impressive. Um, but I still don't think they should be kicked out of the top four. I personally think that Oklahoma should be up there. Um, okay. And then I think that LSU should be up there. So I have like a clear cut top five for sure that I think are better than that is like the top tier that in that top five is Alabama, Clemson, LSU, Oklahoma and Ohio State. Oh, Ohio State. I just forgot Ohio State. They should. Be, yeah. You know, it's tough. It's, it's tough. really tough. I do think like Joe Burrow's been playing out of his mind <laughs> in these first couple weeks, and he went up against a pretty formidable Florida off or Florida defense and put forty two points on them. So I I am inclined to put LSU in the top four. So it's between Oklahoma and Ohio State, who I'd want in my fourth spot if you put Bama and Clemson in there. I don't know how good Oklahoma's defense is. But they're I mean, I don't think anybody I don't think anybody expects Oklahoma to have a good defense. And we've seen yeah, that but over the Ohio years. Ohio State's defense. I honestly I haven't watched a lot of Ohio I've watched more Oklahoma football than I've watched Ohio State. Yeah, so have I. So I watched them play Texas. Um I was seeing a movie that we'll talk about later. Yes. That game. But Maverick, what do you think? I would, I would agree that def, definitely the top five, I, I'll go ahead and be the one. Uh, because of the game with us, I, I would still put it Alabama, LSU, OSU, and Oklahoma, and Clemson on the edge at the moment. But like I said, I still think they're very much in the driver's seat that if they control things going forward, play like a national champion, they could very well easily be in the four. Because, I mean, I know that other teams have some other strong schedules coming up ahead, so... I think things can definitely change, but I think Oklahoma looks really good right now. LSU, as you were saying, put a molly whopping on a really strong defensive team in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is some of the best offense I've seen from an LSU team in a long time. Um, so credit to or- uh, Coach Ordron and the staff they have down there. Go Tigers. So, go Tigers. And so <laughs> just let the band play neck, please. Let the band play neck. <laughs> Okay, so people were kind of balking at 
Clemson's schedule before the season started. But if we look at it again, they're playing. Te- they played Texas A and M. Beat Texas A and M, who's number twelve team. Was number twelve team in the country? Are they ranked now? I'm not sure. I don't Texas. think they are. But Texas A and M. Yeah, they might not be anymore. So let's get rid of that. Oh no, I lost. Yeah, they spot. are not. They are no longer ranked. Why is ESPN killing me right now? Okay, so if we look forward, I think we are, hopefully we end up being a good win for Clemson. They have Wake Forest, who has the ability to play their way back into the top 25. And South Carolina. So I guess like their four, if they go undefeated, their four good wins would be Texas A&M, Carolina, Wake Forest, and South Carolina. Because other than that, they're playing Louisville, who who knows how good Louisville is. They're like us, where they could be great, they could be terrible on any given Saturday. Same with Boston College. They should beat down Wofford. State is not good, but you know, if, if State's messing around in week um, 10 and only has four wins... They might mess around to beat Clemson. So <laughs> who knows what's going to happen there, but Clemson's schedule is not working in their favor for sure. So yeah, it's no cakewalks for them still, but uh, I would still say that some other teams still have a, a pretty strong schedule because at the moment uh, the ACC is looking like not one of the stronger conferences as a unit. No, it's not. Like somebody said, it's or I think it was on the um, ACC panic room where either Joe Ovius or Lauren Brownlow said, "Is Clemson, then Virginia, Wake Forest, which maybe not Wake Forest, so, or maybe not Virginia. Who knows? Maybe it's just Clemson and then thirteen of the same team. Like it, it rarely, it rarely could be like that muddled in the ACC for who is actually better than someone else. So we'll see." Let's talk about Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech going into next week. Carolina opened as, I think, two-and-a-half-point favorites in that game. They also have a habit of playing with their food. It took them a while to put away Rhode Island this week, and they did the same against Furman earlier in the year. So, Maddie, really, where do you think – or David, since you who, are who, very sorry. about this. Who have, they, who have they played? Do you have the schedule? Hold on. Uh, I can very quickly. Yeah. So I'm just thinking about who they played because I – like my opinion, maybe it's not correct, but like I feel like VT isn't very good this year. Like I really genuinely think like my opinion of them is very low this year. So I really think we should win that game easily, but I could be wrong. So they lost to Boston College, beat Old Dominion, which if I remember correctly, that's another game where they struggled to put Old Dominion away. Same with Furman. Uh, lost to Duke forty-five to ten, and then last week they or two weeks. Last week they beat Duke, or last week they beat Miami. This week they struggled to put away URI, but ended up winning thirty-four to seventeen. So they are three and three. But they haven't right? beaten anybody. All three teams they've beaten are FCS. Yes, so that is correct. So uh, my opinion is correct. Uh, no, Old Dominion is now FBS now, I think. Still, though. I mean, but like, we, we all remember the Old Dominion game. When we when we played them, when we were bad. <laughs> like Now, but one thing that's interesting for Virginia Tech is they have two FCS teams on the schedule, 
which means they need to win seven games to get them into bowl eligibility because you can only count one FCS win towards your bowl eligibility. I did not know that. They are going to be, they need to start winning games. And they know they need to start winning games because they don't get to, they don't get another one game cushion. They have one game less cushion as other teams. So, I don't know. Carolina should go into Blacksburg and win, but ah, Maverick, what are you thinking? Also, it's just the thing where VT is just a team that very much hates us in the football world. It's going to be well, not just football, still well, not, at VT, not even on the field, like recruiting wise too. Like they are like our huge competition with us, right? For recruiting, well, you know they they most notably last year and even still in the pitches this year, it's been pretty public that they have been doing like anti kind of North Carolina schools in their recruiting pitches kind of like rather than we're good they are bad and that often that can rub people the wrong way a lot of times yeah negative recruiting their quarterback right now um hooker went to Dudley in Greensboro so I, I have watched him I'm pretty positive I've seen him play before like it they recruit heavily in North Carolina, so a lot of these kids are going to be familiar with each other. I don't know. It's like a it's a rivalry that's not actually a rivalry. Like we we have more of a rivalry with Virginia Tech than we do with Virginia, who's a proper South Soldiers rivalry. So I don't know. Like I said, we should win, but who knows? Any other thoughts about college football before we move on? I just think Oklahoma's win over Texas is impressive. It is. Uh, but it is. How good is Texas? I think they're – I still think that they're talented. They have a good quarterback. And I, I think Sam Ellinger is a good quarterback. And are they back, quote-unquote? I don't know. But I still think it was a quality win. For and they sure. were ranked. Um, Shout-out to Carol Folt for checking out some butt. <laughs> <laughs> During a football game. <laughs> Over down in Southern California. I checking, guess that's what she's up to now. Checking the cheeks in Venice Beach, you know? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You go, Carol. That's Carol. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at next week to see if there's anything interesting to talk about. And there's nothing uh, really Duke is playing Virginia, are they not? So that's a that'll be big implications. Yeah, that'll have big implications. Because then that'll help set up whatever will happen the week after when we have Duke. Because so in that case, I would rather have Virginia win against Duke. Because I'd rather have a tiebreaker. I'd rather Duke already be pushed down, and then we just have to unseat Virginia. Because did they not lose one of their best players? That was uh, forgot his name. I think it's Bryce. He's like a running Bryce back. Hall. Yeah, Bryce Hall. And he's like their senior that actually came back to play us his last season. Only to get hurt, so I hate to hear that for him. But again, he's a very strong piece for them, and so that could potentially affect their play going forward. So I would rather Virginia beat Duke, and then have us beat Virginia, so that Duke's already just not in the running anymore. I'm looking at the ACC slate for next week, and it's just a bunch of games I do not want to watch. <laughs> it's it's Pitt, Syracuse, Carolina, Virginia Tech, which, like I said. Last week, if I had no reading interest, I would not care about that game. Clemson, Louisville, NC State, Boston College, Georgia Tech, Miami, 
Duke, Virginia, and Florida State, Wake Forest. Do any of those games sound interesting? Not particularly, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, ACC. All right, do y'all want to do, I'll let, we'll put it to a vote. David, do you want to do ACC basketball or stay with football and go to NFL? Let's do, um, let's stay with NFL. Sorry, yeah, let's stay with football. Let's keep with football. All right, let's keep with football. Let's talk about the Browns. I really (laughs) hate that Aaron's not here to talk about it, but oof. Happy birthday, Aaron. Happy birthday. (laughs) Uh, The Browns are bad. (laughs) They're bad again. They're two and four. uh, Six games into the season, and I don't know. It's... I, I mean, I feel vindicated in saying that they weren't going to win their division. Now, it's, it looks like the Ravens are going to win the AFC North. I said the Steelers because I figured they put something together, but I did not picture two of their quarterbacks being having different parts of their body fall off at certain points during <laughs> the year. Um, yeah, the Browns, Freddie Kitchens is a bad coach. I don't know what like they have the talent. It's not the players. Although I even I'm, I've made my opinions about Baker Mayfield known, but like you have a running back in Nick Chubb, you have Jarvis Landry and OBJ, you have a guy like David Njoku, which by the way I know that he's hurt. I know that he's out for the year, or at least on IR. And you have a defense that's supposed to be pretty good, right? Oh, so from what I've been reading on the Brown subreddit, which is what I like to read after they lose, <laughs> they um <laughs> that has to be on fire, doesn't it? <laughs> I I didn't get a chance to read it before this podcast, but they are like they are all in agreement that on paper they should be winning these games, but for whatever reason, be game planning or Baker not playing as well as expected, they aren't getting things done now. Baker having a sophomore slump, it happens to second-year quarterbacks. But he's not making – the good decision-making that he had last year is not there this year. And I don't know if defenses are just throwing different stuff at him that he's having to adjust to on the fly, but he is – he's struggling. doesn't help when you antagonize people. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Probably not. <laughs> but either way, know. either way, I think the Browns, they will get there. It's just this year is not the year. I think the hype was too high. Like, there were, everyone was thinking Super Bowl, and they haven't been able to put it together yet. And you know what? Like, it's fine. But it's they have to win some games to feel like they've done something. Because how many games did they win last year? Like, what? Like, four, five? Seven? Was no, it seven? It went six, seven games, yeah. Really? Okay. So, but if they end up losing more, like if they end up only winning like four or five this year, how do you think that conversation goes? I mean, it ha- I I really think it's on Freddie Kitchens. This does not look like a very well coached team to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Let's talk about the Titans. Do we have to? Tighten up. Hammer See, down. Listen, when we were losing and y'all were winning, 
<laughs> we were ha- you were happy to talk about the Titans. <laughs> I, but even even when we win, though, I was just confused. This team is just all mm. over the daggum place. But at least now, there I all, I said it in, in closed behind closed doors. So I'd rather us be consistent. Either be good or be bad, and we've chosen to be bad. Uh, so we've lost today. Uh, it looks like we lost sixteen to nothing. Finally, I cut it off after halftime. Uh, sixteen to nothing on the Broncos. Marcus Mariota threw his first two interceptions of the year, and then got benched finally. Uh, so there's that. Uh, Ryan Tannehill came in, went thirteen of sixteen for one hundred and forty-four yards, but still. Through an interception, didn't score as well. I think we had less than fifty yards rushing. It was just what a weird, really what weird. a weird like couple of draft class between like there's Cam Newton, and Andrew Luck, and then there was RG three and sorry, no, was it RG three and Andrew Luck? Yes, yeah, RG three, RG three, Andrew Luck, and Russell Westbrook, and Russell Westbrook, Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson were all in the same class, and then yeah. Jameis and Marcus. And it's like when I think about these classes, like what is happening, <laughs> like between Jameis not panning out the way that people thought he would, and then Marcus being bad, <laughs> and then Andrew Luck retiring, and RG three having the injury bug his whole career. It's like what a weird set of draft, like of QBs in those draft classes. It's strange. It's um. Yeah, it's strange. I don't know. I don't know what else to say yeah, beyond that. I mean, the RG three thing is weird because the the Washington football team just has the way to be the quarterback of that team is to be friends with the owner. <laughs> it's yeah. the best way to to get that job. So that that franchise is so poorly run. It's actually crazy. And we we could talk about that in a second. Do you have any more um, Titans thoughts? No. Nope. 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 <laughs> uh, Please continue. Let's it get just it flashed across, across my screen that Devlin Hodges, who is the Steelers now quarterback, uh, was the Alabama duck calling champion of 2018. Okay. Did so you see what they're ne- doing? Ne- some ne- reps ne- with Ryan Switzer, PB2. Yeah. Like he's their emergency, he's the emergency quarterback. quarterback. <laughs> That's crazy. Someone protect, <laughs> protect Devlin. Don't throw five foot eight there. quarterback. Ryan Switzer. All right. Let's talk about about the Panthers. The Thurs. Down in London town this morning. Uh, Got the win. 37 to 26. A lot closer than it should have been. Way, way closer than it should have been, considering Carolina had forced seven turnovers this game. (laughs) Um, Which, holy crap. James Winston went full (laughs) Jake DeLome. Yeah, it was. So here's the thing. When you have seven turnovers as a defense and your offense puts up 245 yards-ish, like, when you think about that, it doesn't seem that bad, but the fact that we didn't win by, like, 30 and it was still close, like, kind of bothers me. And that's the thing where people are like, oh, my God, Kyle Allen is the second second coming of Jesus. And it's like, he's doing his job. Like, he is running the offense like it's supposed to. He's getting the ball out quickly. He's getting the ball to his playmakers in Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, and and Christian McCaffrey. And we're winning. Like, he's doing his job. But 
the thing that's happening is people are assuming that he is now quote unquote better than Cam Newton. Well, yeah, healthy Kyle Allen is better than injured Cam Newton. Healthy Cam Newton is better than healthy Kyle Allen, and people just don't understand. I, I we can get to that. I, okay, let, let's talk. I'm gonna go through some of the things he said. The, two, the 245 yards of offense off seven total turnovers doesn't strike me as bad just because when you get turnovers, you're going to have short fields and right. you're not going to be able to, you know, how stuff goes. Also, the 26 points given up on defense doesn't bother me because when you have a lot of turnovers, you're going to have more possessions. Correct. That's just how that goes. Only scoring 37 points when you force seven turnovers is not good enough. And, and you, you need, have a free kick. And a free kick. <laughs> and a free kick. Fun. That's hilarious. <laughs> Free kick that you never see happen before. Maverick, did you see that? What? The free kick. Yes. Okay, yes. It was like, what, 60 yards? What? 67 so, yards. He almost hit why, it. Okay. Why, why do they call it a free kick? Okay, so here's, here's what happens. Whenever you call for a fair catch, wherever you get the fair catch, you can um, kick – you can do like what looks like a kickoff, and if it goes through the uprights, you get three points. If you don't get it through the uprights, then it just goes out of the end zone. It's a touchback. The other team gets the ball, or the other team can return it if it's still in the field of play. So, Tampa Bay had something like three false starts in a row that pushed them back. Uh, Ray Ray McLeod <laughs> called for fair catch at the 50-yard line and there was one second left on the clock. So instead of going for the Hail Mary, Ron said, let's do this free kick and see if we can get three points going into the half. And so you can kick it like a kickoff rather than a field goal. Yeah, it's a kickoff. There's no rush. There's no rush coming at you. So you can just line drive it, just get the kick, kick it as hard as you can, try to get through the uprights. So basically, is it... Is that a rule both NFL and college? Like anyone that mm-hmm. does a fair catch can technically go into that situation? Yeah. Interesting. It's it's a it's a weird rule and it's I think they said that was the first free kick since two thousand eight and no one's successfully had one since the seventies. He was close a, though, man. He was close. It was I actually I was talking when I was doing a um uh I'm trying to think how to say this. I want to do the episode of my other podcast, um, Issue You Need to Know, because I can't come <laughs> this podcast. Um, we were talking about, I did an episode on the rules and basics of football, and I was talking to Carla before the podcast about, okay, how do I break down all the scoring? And I went through all the ways. I was like, there's no way I'm going to explain a free kick on this podcast uh, about basics of football. But it's something that I know exists but you never see happen, like, ever, ever. But more teams should do it, because why not? Yeah, I feel like that should be used more. Because especially if they – so, like, is it just the kicker? No, it, it looks like a kickoff. Like, you have, like, your kickoff oh, out there. But there, but there's no defense on the field. No. Or, or well, there's defense on the like field. A kickoff return. There's a return, yeah. but no rush yeah. coming to okay. try and block it. So, it was a fun little – Nod to how football kind of stems from rugby a little bit. But the Panthers won 37 to 24? 37 26. And they are going into their bye week. 
Um, and then after the bye week, they have the 49ers in San Francisco, which it looks like it's going to be a really tough game, apparently. I counted that as a win going into the season. Apparently, the Niners are good. Yeah, they just beat the Rams. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> Handily, so. Also, the Rams are not good. No, I don't think the Rams are very good. I think people have figured out the Rams. Which, the Panthers were close to beating them with a hobbling Cam Newton, so maybe we, I shouldn't be that surprised. The Dolphins are executing Operation Fish Tank well. They had to, <laughs> they went for the two-point conversion to win the game, and they dropped the easiest pass they had all game. So, <laughs> Operation Fish Tank is still a go. Uh, oh, and a bunch right now. Oh, and five. They're struggling. The Chiefs lost to the Texans. Are, so the Chiefs are in the division with the Broncos, who are bad. The, the um, Chargers, who are okay. And Oakland, who might be sneaky good, but we don't know if they're pretending or not. I feel like the two matchups with the Chiefs sort of... The two matchups with the Raiders for the Chiefs might actually be important. I they should, but that's like here's the thing about this NFL season is that I know nothing. Like I, <laughs> I thought everything was gonna go one way, and it has gone the exact opposite. <laughs> Other than the no, Patriots, but even the Patriots, like I thought, I didn't think Tom Brady was gonna look as bad as he is right now, but he he does not look that great. No, but their defense is so it's good. so, like, generationally good. It's kind of crazy. After they beat down um, Danny Pennies <laughs> over in New York. <laughs> Danny so. Pennies. Danny Nichols. Let's give him some credit. He's, got, he's Danny Nichols. <laughs> he did not look like he had a nickel to spare in that, <laughs> <laughs> in that but, game. I digress. So let's, we'll see how it pans out. If you would have told me that the Panthers would have been 4-2... And Cam would have been injured in week three, or we, I guess week two, and we were still four and two, I would have taken it. So we'll see. We're going into a bye, yes? Yeah, we have a bye week next week, and um, we'll see how things go. Shall we talk about college basketball, specifically the ACC? Let's do it. All right. Let's do, yeah, let's do it. So, the ACC had their media day, uh, which is always a good time. I paid very little attention to it this year just because I was busy doing other things. But we got what the media thought we were going to do this year, we being the ACC and Carolina basketball. Uh, They picked Duke to finish first. Thoughts on that, Maverick? (laughs) They've been picked like uh, like six times in a row now. I don't think they've won a single time. Maybe once. No, the, uh, they've been picked the last four years and have not won any of the Or the past three years, they haven't won any of them. This would be the fourth year in a row. So, give it to them. I don't care. Carolina picked second um, to... They were picked second to finish in the ACC, but Louisville had more first-place votes. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. Player of the year preseason Jordan Wara from um, Louisville. I forgot that he came back 
So that's gonna be he's gonna be really good this year and might be good enough to kind of right the ship of what Louisville was last year where if you just jumped on Louisville, they were not going to be able to come back. I think they're going to have a little bit more fortitude this year just because they have another... I've not been talking to the microphone. They have another year in that system. So I think they're going to be really, really good this year, and I think they might look like Virginia running that pack line but have a a bit better offense. Looking elsewhere... Rookie of the year, Cole Anthony. As it should be. I think so. I mean, from what we've seen so far, he looks really, really good. So, And then as far as heels on the all-ACC teams, Cole Anthony made first team all-ACC with Jordan Wara, Trey Jones from Duke, John Mooney from Notre Dame. I can't believe he's still there. And um, Amadi Diakite from Virginia. And then second team, all ACC is Markel Johnson from State, Vernon Carney Jr. from Duke, Chris Likes from Miami, Trent Forrest from Florida State, and Garrison Brooks from Carolina. Oh, man. Chris Likes is still here? Oh, yeah. He's like a junior. Dang it. (laughs) He has another year after this, I'm pretty sure. Such a pest. He really is. Oh, I'm not looking forward to those Miami games. Dang it. (laughs) That that game last year was just so nerve-wracking. Yeah, it was. Somebody said that, I don't know, like, I like Trey Jones, like, I, I much more than his, like, ghoul of a brother, uh, Tyus, but someone's like, yeah, they're going to lock up Cole Anthony, he's going to lock up Cole Anthony, two for ten, and I'm like, dude, just shut up. <laughs> he couldn't lock up Kobe White, no. so, I, like, what do you mean? <laughs> I don't know, it, but I will say this. If Trey Jones can shoot this year, Duke might be a problem. Something remains to be seen, though. Yeah, that that does remain to be seen. I I think that Duke is very... I don't know. They have a bunch of first-year players coming in. But they also have Javin Delorier, who I think is going to still get minutes. And for whatever reason, his 47-year-old self, Jack White, is still at Duke. So he will inexplicably get minutes too. Hey, just just let him shoot all the threes that he wants. We're gonna be good then. Every single one. Yeah, we'll double team their best three point shooter and dare Jack White to shoot threes. And we're good. We're golden. So that's kind of what the ACC is looking at. If I other things that are interesting to me, they pick state to finish sixth. I am not that high on state, especially considering DJ Thunderbook got um, suspended for an indefinite amount of time for (laughs) driving away with four boots on his car, (laughs) taking two boots off his car and driving away with the other two on his car. I'm glad we can laugh about this because I thought when they said he got suspended, I was like, oh, my God, it's something it's going to be something super serious. And then it was the most NC State thing ever. (laughs) No, he destroyed school property by driving around with boots on his car. <laughs> so, who knows how long he'll be out, but he should be one of their better players. If he can stay out of foul trouble, he will be one of State's better players, and him and Markel Johnson might be a little tandem. Uh, 
And then Virginia Tech and Wake Forest. I don't. Danny Manning should not be at Wake Forest, but they don't have the money to fire him. So that's just an unfortunate situation for that program. But that's all I have for college basketball so far in the ACC. Um, Maverick, do you have any more thoughts? I thought it was cool. Uh, did you see that uh, Roy lifted the freshman ban for mm-hmm. media day for the first time so that all the, the incomers actually got to speak for the first time? He was commenting on how they're very different nowadays. Definitely already just I think just given the more media attention to recruits at the high school level. I think they're just already a lot more media savvy and know how to sort of be in front of reporters where it's in a decade from now or 10 years ago, it was not necessarily that case. For the Carolina media day, they did not go to the ACC media day in Charlotte. This was Mm -hmm. for the the ACC or for the Carolina media day. Um. I'm going to circle back to something you talked about before the podcast, Maverick, but David, do you have anything else? No, I think I'm good. So, Maverick, you mentioned the injuries that Carolina is dealing with preseason. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so at our media day, they went ahead and officially confirmed that Sterling Manley, Jeremiah Francis, and Anthony Harris will be out to start the season with various injuries. Uh, both Jeremiah Francis and Anthony Harris suffered ACL injuries toward, at the end of their senior years of high school. That have then both of those suffered around like the this time of year, November December period. So they are still a couple months, I would say, from probably reentering the, the rotation. Uh, and then Sterling Manley is still still dealing with the knee soreness that kept him out last season. So I think still though that's some pretty big losses where. They, they were commenting that there were sometimes where only eight players were actually fully participating in practices, and so they're actually having to bring up JV players just to be on practice squads. And so, I mean, to start out the season, not having Sterling is already going to be a knock on the front court because uh, we need all the bigs we can get. And then having two guards out, I mean, it's going to give Cole Anthony basically all the playing time he wants. So it's definitely going to allow him to show out if he's ready to show how big of a player he is nationally. But it still doesn't help, I would say, the team as a whole. So hopefully they get rested well soon. It sounds like they're recovering and they're well on their way to playing, but it's going to be a couple weeks into the season before we see some of our players back. And it's going to be important minutes. First game of the season is an ACC matchup with Notre Dame. Not easy. Nope. All right, are we done with sports? Anything else we want to talk about? I do not care about the NBA yet, so. Yeah, it's not quite time yet. David, have you finished Big Mouth? I have not. Um, I'm about season, not sorry, I'm on season three, but I'm on like episode three because I've just been so busy with marching man season this this week. Um, We had a double competition on Saturday and I was up from like eight till midnight just doing marching band, but shout out to the blue regiment. They won grand champions at their second competition and swept their class in our first competition. Congratulations. That's great. We're very happy. Maverick. Have you finished big mouth? I have. I did not binge it like I normally do for shows. I kind of still let it slow burn a little bit. 
finished it over a couple of days. Just don't spoil it for <laughs> me. No, we won't. But general thoughts? Um, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, it's. I think it was okay season. I still think it had funny moments, but I mean, I think it's starting to hit that where uh, it, it's becoming a little bit telegraphed in a lot of ways, where you know the kind of jokes that are going to be coming, things like that. Like I said, I, I really enjoyed the first and second season. Like, and don't get me wrong, I still laughed. I still enjoyed it uh, and watched them fairly quickly. I don't know what it was. It was. I, I just think it was an okay season for me. I liked it. I think the Florida episode was the best episode by far. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it, it, that was a very well constructed thirty minutes of television. I I don't know. I liked it. It's a it's a good show. It's not like the best animation, but it doesn't have to be the best animation. It's very good writing still. Uh, for the most part, there was the thing with the um, with Ali Wong's character. I don't know if you saw. Uh, I um, saw the controversy with all that, and I did see the producer send out an apology about it. But I don't know how I don't know how y'all felt about it. Yeah, I can talk about it a little bit. So, Ali Wong's uh, character on the show uh, identifies as pansexual, and. The, her character says some things that I don't think is accurate to the pansexual, bisexual spectrum, which is a entire thing, if you aren't aware. It's, a, it's not as simple as one may seem, as one may think. It, it's actually, I think it's a very complex thing that the um, LGBTQ community is thinking about and talking about and having debates about and I think honestly I think the way they presented it was a little it wasn't as thoughtful as they do other things in the show which was disappointing for me but like you said one of the producers um, creators did have like an apology and said, Hey, we missed a mark on this. And I appreciate that because when you're making a show like this, you can't be right. A hundred percent of the time It's not feasible. Um, and I'm interested to see what they do with her character next season. Um, did y'all have any thoughts on what, at least like what y'all saw on Twitter or anything like that? So I, I looked into the controversy. I'm, if you, I, did you see like the the full clip? They actually released like as promotional material the full clip of that specific scene. Yeah, I, I, I watched the clip and the episode. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, David, have you seen it? I have. Yes. So yeah, so that, I mean, it basically covers the gist of everything about that. So uh, I could definitely tell that it, it caused a lot. Of, I mean, but ultimately, I would, if anything, to come of it, it, it did create a, a conversation where I I think a lot of people got enlightened a little bit. At the very least, it just became more aware. Which yeah, I think I, this, this showed, that's one of the, the shining spots of this show is that it, it brings to light a lot of things that people either are afraid to talk about ever, or shy away from talking about or, or whatever, um, or that you just simply don't know much about. No, I this, that episode definitely sparked what I think, what I hope at least, will turn into a healthy, a healthy conversation 
about biphobia and transphobia and um, trans exclusionary people that hopefully is beneficial in the long run. So I will be hopeful about Big Mouth is what I choose to be. I feel like they have <laughs> acknowledged the fact that they missed the mark on it. And if they learn from it, I mean, and turn it into a positive moment, like you said, then I feel like that's better than a lot of things and a lot of other shows that, and you know, and I appreciate them even attempting to address that kind of like big kind of like concept, I guess, you know what I'm saying? They've, they've done well with other things of this ilk and they missed, they did miss the mark on this one and addressed it. So, uh, they've earned enough goodwill here that I, I am willing to see what they do in the future. Yeah. Agreed. Let's see. So Maverick and I both saw Joker. Um, I have, I have not again with my busy schedule. I just have not been able to see it. We can probably do a full review down the road. Yeah. Y'all can do, I mean, unless you want to do it now and I can just bounce. Um, how about this? What questions do you have, David? Oh, well, my biggest question was, was it as controversial as people had made it seem before the movie had officially released, before it was released to the general public? Because people were talking about, oh, it's going to inspire copycats and it's going to – it's about incels and it's like going to inspire people to like be violent and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm just curious as to what your takes are on that. I can go first, Maverick. Yeah. Um, I don't think this movie has enough to say to inspire anything. <laughs> and, and I'm sure that's a, you know, and I haven't seen it. And I'm sure that's a fair like assessment. And I think that a, a lot, I won't say that it's overblown because I, I think that, with this movie being about what it's about, about this guy who's been, sh- I mean, this isn't a spoiler, about a guy who's been shunned by society and yeah. then starts doing things to be noticed by that society. I think that's something that is maybe a little bit too real at times, um, considering the some of the violence that we've seen in this country. But I, I don't know. This... I don't think this movie interacts with that concept enough for it to be harmful is what I'll say. What do you think Maverick? I did in like before the thing I did use the word overblown, but it might not be the best way to describe it. I don't think it's as controversial again. That it doesn't really go much into things to make it controversial. In my opinion, I think there's a, it's a difference in, glorifying and condoning violence and depicting violence and depicting these very serious themes and, and topics. And so I think it aired onto that side more with this one was very much a character study in a lot of ways. And so I, I, like I said, I don't really think, I mean, people are going to think what they're going to think, but I don't necessarily see this as causing copycats or inspiring people to do similar things. Now, I did say both in my little summary on Twitter or in even to y'all, I think this is the most realistic interpretation of the character in that 
I still I do think that this is a, someone could be like this Joker in today in our society, but then again, it's still far. It's still very much comic booky and still unlikely, but more likely than the Dark Knight's Joker, all the other Jokers of the past. Now I've also heard the I've also heard the comment that I heard this today where one of my friends that I was seeing today said that they didn't want to see it because they said it was going to be quote-unquote too scary scary or violent. And I saw another person tweet that it wasn't any more violent than like a Deadpool movie. And yeah. so oh, was that you that said that, Maverick? I said that. You Deadpool said that. Deadpool is a then. more violent movie than this one. Yeah, so I'm curious as to what you're – now, there's a difference between the types of violence because you know Deadpool going in it's going to be funny. It's going to be kind of yeah. funny violence like for gags. And with this movie, it's taking on a more serious tone. I'm just curious as to what what y'all think about that, or at least Colby, because I guess so. Maverick, you gave your opinion about it, but Colby, what do you think? I, uh, I was it like egregiously violent? No, okay. I will say that. No, it. I don't think it was egregiously violent. I mean, it's rated R, so yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, any rated R movie is Yeah, it's violent enough. But. I I actually don't think it's violent enough. I think yeah. it. I think it. It could have. I, I think I would have connected with this movie more if it would have been more violent at times. And if you ever see the movie, David, we can talk about the times where I think it should have gone a little bit farther. But I think that as far as like the humor for the movie, I don't think I think there were parts of this movie that were supposed to be funny. And Maverick, I will tell you what those parts are later. Yeah. But I don't think this movie like. I don't think I laughed a single time. Oh, no, I didn't. But I do think there was stuff that was supposed to be funny. And when I was listening to it was fighting in the war room, um, Katie Rich of Andy Fair was talking about how even like serious movies can like set a safe space for you to laugh, like where, you know, it's okay to laugh. And I don't I think those moments did not work for me and ended up just being like tense or uncomfortable in a way where they weren't supposed to be but we can i maverick i there are two two points of the movie where i think that were supposed to be funny that ended up not being funny um i don't know but maverick what did you i as you can you all can tell i did not enjoy this movie very much maverick did maverick liked it so i want you to talk about it now having said that again i'm still I, I I would say more like I didn't hate, I didn't hate it I think it was okay like I do like it I, I enjoyed my experience I'm not ready to put him Joaquin Phoenix over Heath Ledger at this point Joaquin Phoenix did a phenomenal job in his role I think he again just it's worthy of the new of the Joker lore just it's a worthy addition uh, Listen after portrayal. Jared Leto I'll take anything So yes and so. Yeah, it, it's still going to take a whole lot to pass Heath Ledger. And again, I think the big thing for me is just it's a, it was a very dark take. I think this is on par with like the Killing Joke in terms of dark when it comes to portraying the Joker. Like, yes, he's one of the most iconic villains of all time, but even then, it, things have jokes to them where it still has a little bit of comical, especially the older iterations of Joker, where it's he's a bad guy, but has kind of like silly plans and plots. Then you get to like Heath Ledger's where it is just straight diabolical. And again, this one is just more of a portrayal. Like I think someone tried to 
to make the connection where like Heath and it's a, a sign of the times or or what's in society where Heath Ledger's Joker is more like terrorism, whereas Joaquin Phoenix is more like mental illness. Hmm. I, there's something to that. I think that I think that Todd Phillips was trying to say a lot in this movie about mental illness and about how about mob mentality and a bunch of like those are just like two of the things that come off the top of my head um here like a day and a half later but a lot other things I could think about yesterday and I don't know it just I it did not work for me that well I feel like there was a lot missing in this movie that we can talk about when when we go into like a full spoiler conversation but there was there's one thing I'll tell you at the end too it's spoilerly so I can't say that in here uh, but if you want to know at me and I'll tell you what I was going to say yeah I, I, I am willing to talk to people about Joker I just I don't know I, it didn't connect with me so David do you have anything else for us um I'm trying to think content wise, but my brain has been so full with everything. I went to some vineyards today and I like wine and that's what I'll leave it with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, um, I've been watching a lot of TV, but we can talk about it later. Maverick, anything else? Otherwise we're good. Oh, the one thing I was going to say is, uh, again, there were a lot of, I think overall references to the movie. Um, if you've watched the killing joke, there is a specific quote that he talks about having a bad day that's referenced in this movie. If you catch it quick enough, it's so they do do a little bit of ties here and there from other iterations of Joker. Yes, I agree. All right, let's get out of here. So if you want to find us, you can do that at tinyyearold.com slash nevermadevarsity. Leave us a five-star rating or review on iTunes. Anything you liked or didn't like, be sure to let us know via Twitter at nevermadepod. Thank you to David Cutter for the music, and we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.